Hi, everybody. How's it going, partners? Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. This episode, or Happy I say, November. This is yeah, our special, special episode. What? Special what, Dr. Death? This is our special uh, Hallow... Oh, man. Um, uh, Halloween episode. I, I, there's no other... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I failed to come up with another pun to stick in there, to wedge in there. It's okay. We'll, uh, we'll chop it we'll up. We'll think about it a little bit more. Um, we got a little time. You know, yeah, this so, isn't going to come out until probably two weeks or so after, until after Halloween, so it's fine. <laughs> so, so Halloween's over. Yeah, we'll chop. Get we'll, over it. We'll chop. Uh, <laughs> but, okay, so first-time listeners out there, uh, just to jump out there, I'm going to say uh, you're tuning tuning in to your mom's second favorite Def Leppard history podcast. Mm-hmm. That's right. This is Till Def. Do, Do us, us p-p-p-party. That's right. right and, mid swig of Coors Light there, uh-huh, It's almost like I've timed it. Uh, <laughs> I am, of course, Stuart Wellington, the Leopard Tamer, and joining me is are my two co-hosts, Dr. Def himself, Alex Smith, and Charlene Wellington. What's your nickname? Oh, I gotta come up with a nickname? I fucking told you, dude. <laughs> um, my nickname is definitely forgot to make a nickname. <laughs> that rolls right off the tongue like a good nickname. <laughs> Stuart, I think she's uh, I think she's twenty four karat cool. Mm. How about that? That's a little spoiler that? alert. Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe maybe we'll sneak that in there. Um Okay, well, uh, yeah, I mean, that's we'll just call that a first draft. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, this is a podcast where we review and talk in-depth about the entire catalog of the English band Def Leppard. In-def? In, yep, in high-def, I guess. <laughs> in-def-th. Uh, in-def. Uh, and we're going to be getting into that in a second. Uh, so we're, this is our, uh, Halloween special. Yeah. So everybody put on a costume, uh, fill your bucket with candy. Uh, how about hyster? How, how about hysteroween? Does that work? That doesn't exactly Man, work, does you're it? you're fucking hundred percent over <laughs> today. That and a, that and a zillion. Uh, uh, so for this hysteroween episode... <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Duff, you uh, you had some kind of a show last night. Is that what you're saying? This is the, this is the talk show portion of the episode. So uh, yeah, well, why don't we plug my upcoming Halloween special, which I did last night? Uh-huh. Uh, no, I was uh, I was part of a little Halloween spooktacular here in Louisville, Kentucky, at a at like a sort of comedy uh, venue here in town. Yep. What, what's the name of the venue? It's called Kaiju. Um, Kaiju. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so you'll look for that on uh, Halloween of 2017. Be sure to come out to that. It's a free event. Um, this is going to get very confusing. Uh, this is, we are talking about last night, Halloween. Okay, yeah, yeah, But yeah. this so, is our Halloween episode. So episode, excuse what me. Kind of, like, what so, kind of show were you doing? Oh, I did a Howl Dotty show. Uh, my, okay. my music project, Howl Dotty, that I talk about at the end of all these episodes. So sorry episodes. if you're... <laughs> mm. sorry sorry if, if you're what i was gonna say sorry to any new <laughs> listeners uh that, that 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 we didn't get to the um 
Maybe we didn't get to the meat first and the plugs later, but uh, but I have a musical yeah, comedy yeah. thing that I do that's like stand up. I'm, cu- I'm currently not eating bread, so the idea of having bread first before the before the meat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're not we're not talking open face sandwiches. We're talking upside down uh, sandwiches. So, uh, Doctor Jeff. Yeah, Stuart, you uh, you brought up sandwiches. Which uh-huh. is something you bring up a lot on this show. I just want to say, yeah. and it's gonna. Wow, I didn't know you're fucking counting, mom. Uh, sandwiches. <laughs> what are you being a sandwich narc? I think sandwiches are an important part of your symbolic lexicon. Let's just admit it. Mm-hmm. Let's just say it. Let's put it out there on the table like a sandwich, and slice <laughs> it right down the middle diagonally like uh-huh. a sandwich. Uh, but so, but you're not able to eat sandwiches right now. Is what is what I not. understand. No, it's right. It's I. I'm currently living in a hell, uh, the, the personal hell of Dagwood. Yeah, where uh, Dagwood Bumstead, right? That's his name. Yeah, Dagwood Bumstead. Uh, if if he were to die and go to hell, possibly choking on the sandwich, or I'm guessing dying during one of his lengthy naps uh, that he takes. Uh, I think he probably choked on like the the long toothpick he stuck through in one of his elaborate sandwiches to hold it together. Uh-huh. So the hell that he would live in would be one similar to what my everyday life is, which is consuming no bread at all. Right. Instead, instead of making one of those giant stacked up sandwiches, <laughs> he's just eating a pile of fixins. Uh, so you're like wrapping meat in lettuce and thing and things of that nature, right? No, I mean. I'm just putting meat straight in my mouth. I don't okay. need the lettuce. That's a fucking waste of time. Just going all uh, meat. All meat classic. All, all, all meat. <laughs> all meat classic. Stewart yep. all meat classic. I love it. <laughs> I love to hear that. Uh, that's the that's the shit I like to hear. Um, so, so anyway, back to back to uh, Halloween. Um, so uh, it's his, uh, it's hysteroween. <laughs> Back to what what normies call Halloween and what we hear on the show called hysteroween. Occasionally call hysteroween, yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I had a I had a gig last night doing a kind of uh, musical stand up comedy thing that I do called Howl Dottie. Uh, I was warming up for a uh, a bit of a I was warming up for this comedy show that's kind of like a puppet show, like a Pee Wee's Playhouse kind of cup puppet show. Anyway, uh, so I was uh, I was hoping to have a costume, and see, my costume was going to be this hybrid thing, where I uh, I usually perform in all black, like Johnny Cash, uh-huh. uh, um, and I'm saying that as a reference to exactly what the suit looks like, not to say that I am like Johnny Cash when I perform. But uh-huh. I was opening my set with a song that is a parody of one of my own songs, uh-huh. which is uh, so meta. Yeah, well, it just tells <laughs> you how obsessed with my own self I am. Yeah, that, it's the sort of so- it's the sort of performance that like newbies will really get into. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So I did I did a I did a Hall- Halloween uh, themed parody. Pa- pa- parody of, <laughs> of of one of my own songs. Uh-huh. I have a song called "Summer Creams" that's all about uh, milkshakes yeah. and just yeah, summer creams. It was the and just, of summer. Yeah, and just drinking nothing but dairy products all summer long. Right. Yeah, yeah. 
and uh, and how great that is. And then there's like a dairy shortage right in the middle of the song. So anyway, and then so I made it about Freddy Krueger. I I did a song called uh, I did I, I turned it into Nightmare Dreams, and it's a song sure. about how great it is that Freddy's going to come to you in a whimsical nightmare industrial hellscape and like destroy your miserable life and rip you to pieces and suck your soul up into his little into his little belly now uh-huh. uh so but it also had a sample the original song summer creams has a sample of def leopard in it it starts off with a with a sample of or not a sample but a rip off of rock of ages this time, I decided to put Thriller in there instead of Rock of Ages. So I was doing a song about Freddy with Michael Jackson in the beginning of it, and I decided I was gonna, my costume was gonna be a hybrid of Michael Jackson and Freddy, right? Are you with me so far? Um, I'm, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a bit of a trip already. <laughs> I was, I was gonna, knock this audience's socks off by stepping up on stage in a black sort of Johnny Cash get up with or, or, or just a black suit uh, not even you know just a black suit like like Michael Jackson would wear yeah you're not like then, wearing a Johnny Cash costume right right that sorry um but then I I bought a Freddy glove and I painted it black and then the go- and then I went out and found all these like uh all these di- uh, like Cheap, cheap diamond earrings or rhinestones or whatever, and uh, and was gonna was gonna put super glue them all to the back of the glove so that it looked like Michael's like shining you know glistening diamond glove right that's that's how it's described as a glistening glove yes his his his, his, his power glove whatever that thing's called yeah it's performance yeah. glove right but also have but also be a big black glove with with freddy's big fish knives sticking off the end of it right yeah yeah yeah. um and then i and then i bought a black fedora at the same time which was really fun i did this on halloween uh so yesterday afternoon and and the and the guy working the register is like wow we're uh we're selling a lot of these black fedoras on halloween Yeah, it was really, oh man, we're selling out of Freddy gloves. No, you should. You really should have seen the lady, the lady, the face the lady made at me when I bought a Freddy glove and a black fedora. She gave me this look like, oh, honey, and then she went, and she went, we can find you a brown fedora. Like we can find you the actual. And I was just thinking, what a what a funny sort of prank it is to play on. Uh, costume shop people to go in and buy like the wrong accessory for the costume that you're buying and just make them like figure out how they're going to tell you to buy the right thing. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, so like buy, buy one of those like one of the oldest pranks in the book. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's in my my book. One hundred and one great pranks to play on minimum wage employees. It's like prank number one. Hang on, hang on. That's buy, not fair. Buy this an inflatable the... green uh, Hulk costume. That is not but fair. Instead of the face, buy a Batman face. <laughs> that is not fair to me. I I happen to know that the woman who was helping me out was is the owner of the store. So so Maximum back range. off. Back that off right okay, now. Sorry. Yeah, she yeah. was getting the, she was getting all the profit from what I was purchasing. She was also very, her instinct, her gut instinct upon seeing me buy this glove and this hat were so much better than all of my thought 
that I had put into it thus far that I'm that I really should have just listened to her and just got because I was thinking about it afterwards and after this whole fiasco and I was like I should have just not bothered with any of this. But anyways, <laughs> what are you talking about? This sounds like a great costume. <laughs> yeah, like a like a black like a Michael Jackson with a Freddy glove. Why did the you idea. why did you paint the glove black to put sequins on it? Why didn't you just spray the whole thing like shiny shiny silver? Wasn't it already? I don't think that would have tra- I don't think that would have translated. See, everything okay. I was wearing all black and the glove would be mostly black with then like some diamonds on it yeah uh and so i so first thing i've I've done this to me to myself every year since i can remember where i decide very late what to be for halloween sure and then i and then i just decide the quickest easiest thing to do is going to be to spray paint something and then i (laughs) and then i have a wet thing the thing that is still wet with spray paint at the moment that I need to be wearing it. That happens yeah. to me literally every year. And so, but this it reminds time- me of it reminds me of the one time that paid off for you a, sim- a similar thing. Uh, I'm sure I told this story in the the podcast, but you know why not waste some more time? It was the <laughs> year that you did the uh, the Point Break uh, the Point Break Beach Beach thing where. You were living in the art house in college. God damn, this is gonna be a this is gonna be a whole other chapter of the story. The so the the art house, in order to live in this this uh, on campus house, you had to participate in the like once a semester art show. Yeah. Okay. That was one, and, of, one of the conditions. I had to be an artist gotcha. for, so for like a week. Alex Alex was living there because he's a musician, but That's like weird. he didn't want to play music. Fuck that. So instead, he yeah, music sucks. Uh, his art project, which I tagged along for, which he made the day of the fair. <laughs> we he bought a uh, he he bought a inflatable swimming pool. Nope, nope, nope. You're already wrong. You're already wrong. What it, did you What did you buy? It was, it was a sand. Uh, it, it was like a sand. Um, uh, what do you call those? Sand pit or whatever. Whatever the kids sandbox. Sand, yeah. Was a, you, hey, can I a buy this box? child sand pit? <laughs> sand pit. It was a child sandbox that was that was pretty big. It was like the size of. Um, it was the size of a of a of a kiddie pool. Uh, it was a sandbox that was shaped like a boat and had like the had like the um, the roof. Of a kind of like kids boat. It looked like a it looked like a like a tugboat or something, right? That's it was yeah, a sandbox that looked a like a classic kids boat. <laughs> yeah. Boat used to tug other things from one place a to another. Operated by kids. A child's boat is what it was. Sure. Sand boat. Yeah. So Alex You fill it up this... with sand, you send your you send your child off to live in the sea. <laughs> So Alex bought this kids' boat sandbox. I didn't buy it, by the way. Somebody put it in their big trash, and I just grabbed it. <laughs> so then Alex bought a bunch of sand. Ooh. Yeah, I did, did you, buy. Did I did buy sand. The sand? Okay. <laughs> so you bought a bunch of sand, and then you took your own VCR TV combo unit. Another, another incorrect. Just, uh, I just want detail. you to know that. Our cats heard the story about this giant sandbox, and they are very excited about it. Yeah, they're like shitting in the floor. 
Yeah. So they're shitting uh, in the so floor <laughs> inside. Yeah, they dug a hole in the floor and shit. I don't know why I have to explain this. Uh, so so I borrowed a television to stick okay. in this uh, sandbox from our friend uh, Jesse. Okay, so you borrowed Jesse's television VCR uh, combo combo unit. One of those perfect. It looked like like a Lego block or whatever. Like one of those yes. old. Big, fat, but small TVs. Yeah. You, and so you, you connected that thing. You covered it so that only the screen was peeking out of the sand. Yes. Yes. And then, and you wrapped the I whole also, thing. I also, I had to wrap the thing in saran wrap. Yeah, um, so it wouldn't get sand in all of the precious working parts of this VCR TV. And then you just played the movie Point Break on the loop as your art project. Yeah. That was it. So it was like, um, I don't even remember what the title of that piece was, but it was the first thing you saw when you came in the house. <laughs> it was like prominently placed in the foyer. Um, so, and I thought that was, I thought that was a pretty big success, actually. I said it was a success. Okay, I thought that was right. the time so that, that was, like, your last minute shit kind of worked out. Yeah. Very rarely does my last minute shit ever work out. And, and yesterday... Was uh, well, I can't say it was no exception to the shit not working out. So, how were your Yelp reviews on your costume? Uh, <laughs> I ended up. This is I. I failed so hard I had to scrap the whole thing because basically, I spray painted the glove black. I got. I was trying to figure out how to attach the. Diamonds and it was taking forever. And it, as I may have said before, the we started trick is recording. After the paint's dry, then you attach the diamonds. Yeah, well, th- the paint would have dried like probably about an hour ago because it yeah. was not. It was still tacky at the time yeah. that I was like I I did it at lunch at work and then brought it home and it was still wet and I was it was driving me crazy. So um, so I couldn't figure out how to super glue these things on with with the wet paint still on it. Uh, it was just turning out to be a mess. Um, I ended up, I tried to drill little holes to make them sit a little better, and it, like, cracked the, the back plate of the glove. And then, so I said, fuck it. All right, fuck it on the whole uh, uh, rhinestone thing. I'm just going to be, uh, I'm just going to be a, like, I'm just going to have a Freddy glove and a Freddy hat, but it's black. That's, uh, I, I don't care that it's, I don't care that the glove is wet. I'll just perform or whatever. And I put the whole thing on. I, so this is like, I'm supposed to go on in like 45 <laughs> minutes, right? I'm still at home. I haven't packed up any of my gear. I think I still had to like rehearse. I, I had just written the Freddy parody of my own song, so I had to rehearse the lyrics and stuff. I was, like, really stressed, and so I was like, fuck it. And I put all this stuff on, and I put the glove on, and I put the hat on, and I looked in the mirror, <laughs> and I was, I was going – so I was going for some kind of Michael Jackson-Freddy hybrid, and I looked like, in the mirror. Like both scary and sexy at the same time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely scary, sexy, something like a little, a little sensational and funny about it. And I look in the mirror, and I look like what would generously be described as Ska Freddy. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's very generous, because the hat 
which was just like a black fedora I just grabbed. Once I saw it on myself, looked like uh-huh. a fedora you might get out of like a Burger King, uh, like <laughs> Happy Meal or something. Like it was the cheesiest, sure. stupidest looking thing I'd ever seen. Yeah. So I, so I'm like, okay, definitely scrapping the hat. The hat's going away for sure. And then I just put the the glove was still wet. I took it off. I had paint all over my hands now, so I'm going to perform <laughs> with paint all over my hands. Took the glove off, put it in the back of my car. Got all my stuff packed up, drove to the venue, and it, when I when I got to the I venue, think, I think I know how this ends. There was a murder, and the weapon was in the back of your car. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was. A, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone had four someone slashes across their belly, uh, and I and I was speeding away from the scene, and. Yes. Uh, and they were like, the paint's still wet on this thing, you idiot. But anyway, uh, so I get out, and I'm, I, and I'm just pulling my gear out the back, and the glove, the wet paint on the glove has stuck to the side of one of my pieces of equipment, and I pull it off, and it leaves, like, this big, like, part that's not painted anymore. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Uh, so, I, so I just scrapped the glove entirely. <laughs> and I went up and I and I went up and I did my set just wearing my normal outfit, no no yeah. costume whatsoever. And were so like, hey, it's Freddy. <laughs> yeah, and, and <laughs> Scott Freddy. Scott Freddy was kind of the original Cherry Pop and Daddy, right? <laughs> Scott Freddy. <laughs> Stuart, I don't think you're ready for Scott Freddy. I don't think you're ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's scary, sexy, cool. <laughs> so what um, were you, what were you guys for Halloween? Hysteroween. Um, I mean, I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, my costume could be described as lazy. Um, I... Would you wear a t-shirt with, like, <laughs> like FBI informant against Trump or something? I like guarantee, that? I guarantee no. your costume was, was less lazy than the ones I saw that the Fox and Friends anchors all, all wore. I just, <laughs> yep. Not to, not, don't watch Fox and Friends ever, but please look up what their Halloween costumes were, because they were insanely bad like just worse. were they just were they just wearing like a basketball jersey and blackface <laughs> i could not believe how lazy like the tv show must have a budget but it was like they all just showed up and were like oh we're supposed to be in costume or something but um, speaking of which i think this is the first halloween in a couple of years that my social media feed wasn't filled with like Dumbass celebrities dressed up in blackface. So that's that's, that's a, something. That's a something. that's a positive thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Or maybe they've just stopped reporting it because there's just so much. Maybe like honk shoe. So who many. cares? Yeah, yeah. There's just so now. There's there's so much. Uh, I mean, it, maybe there was maybe there were some big ones, but then Trump tweeted something or something. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. And everybody's got to everybody's got to jump. I mean, on, jump on Don Jr. D- tweeted that thing about his kid <laughs> and socialism. He was like, mm, I, "I'm I'm putting out an invitation for y'all to dunk on me all day." It's funny because yeah. I saw that and I didn't realize because I saw it on Facebook and I didn't realize who it was from. And I was like, "That's such a good idea that you're teaching your kid to share and and your kid's gonna give out candy to people that." 
that weren't able to go out trick or treating. Oh, that's such, like, a, that's such a sweet, like, that's, that's such, such a, a sweet, sweet idea. Reading, reading yeah. of that actually. Well, and then I realized what it was, and I was like, oh, I get it. But at first, I was like, oh, that's a nice lesson to teach. Like, your kid has a lot of candy. What's your kid gonna do with all that candy? It's too much candy. Yeah, it's Let's such share a stu- it. it's such a stupid sort of le- like thing to be like, my kid actually deserves all deserves of this, this candy. candy. Like, that, yeah, that my kid asked for. My kid worked so hard to have me buy a costume to stick her in and then yeah. walk her around and ask people for candy for that's free not candy how you, yeah that's not how you work for things silly. but like that most, ain't working but like <laughs> most things with don jr that's like an old that's like an old right-wing uh comedy bit that's been floating around for years and years where they're like imagine Hilarious. halloween imagine a socialist halloween where everybody has to share their candy and you're like uh wait yeah. a <laughs> that's what halloween is you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking dumbass uh, yes yeah, yeah ben garrison shut up <laughs> <laughs> so sorry what were you guys for halloween um i wore uh panda footy pajamas oh uh-huh. okay yeah. And I my costume started out as uh Dionysus, the uh you know, the god of And of then nobody Drake knew who Dionysus was, so then it was so Bacchus. What happened was I showed up and uh some drunk fucking idiot at the bar kept shouting, Hail Caesar over and over and I'm like <laughs> and First like, off, and I'm like, like Dan, shut up, Dan. <laughs> Pardon me. Well what I after a while I'm like, Hey, Hector, real quick. What, what are you going for as Halloween? The loud? Are you a carnival barker? Are you uh, an auctioneer? Are you just the loudest guy here? Wait, uh, weirdly Hector. enough, he didn't take the joke very well and didn't understand what I was saying and just kept being super loud. So it was Hector. Hel- it was Hector Elizondo. It was Hector Elizondo. <laughs> <laughs> so no, we were yeah we were at the bar you know grinding out drinks because it was surprisingly busy. Um, so. That was our uh, Hysteroween segment. Yeah. yeah. Let's, uh, let's jump right into let's this next track the... on Def Leppard's album, Adrenalizes, their 10th album, I think, Alex. I don't remember. <laughs> this is the lead-off single. Uh, okay, well, that was our Hysteroween inaugural roundup. Let's call it that. Okay, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We, We'll make that we'll, an we'll official this, segment. Yeah. Every every year on Hysteria Ween, we will... uh, Or afterwards. Yeah, or or roughly two weeks after, we will discuss uh, what... uh, what Sometime within the quarter, basically. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Fourth quarter. So, uh, and now on to discussing personal property. Made that sound really ominous. The so, seventh song on Adrenalize, Def Leppard's fifth studio album, released in 1992. So, do you have any? Uh, you got any? You want to throw out any more prep before we dig right into the this little, meaty little chili bowl? Well, I mean, uh, I'll just say uh, to to again to any new listeners who who have just uh, <laughs> sat through that entire uh, very <laughs> very uh, <laughs> rambling. Uh, Roughly the first thanks. half of this podcast. <laughs> thanks is all for about, sticking around. About <laughs> and not Def Leppard. That like non chronological leap through different failures of my life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> What we do on this podcast is we discuss a particular song by uh, the English band, uh, the beloved 
Def Leppard, best band ever of all time. And once again, we're talking about, uh, a, we're in the middle of discussing Adrenalize. We're in the middle of side B. Uh, as we have noted before, the songs on Adrenalize are much more carefree and innocent uh, than on previous outings. Um, the songs are the, the songs are more straightforward, um, and, and so far we have not been given many clues, as we sort of often have been in the past, as to what's going on in Def Leppard's personal life. Almost like they they felt it with um, with many of the tragedies that had fallen on them, like uh, yeah. uh, like Rick Allen losing a limb, uh, uh, Steve and Steve Clark losing his uh, his life. Yeah, yeah, uh, maybe they up to may, heaven to sing with the angels. Maybe they felt the need to put a, a, a bit of a veil between them and the public, and not and, and have these songs be a little more universal, a little more vague, ambiguous. Um, and yeah, and then they deliver this tune that's all metaphor, right? Yeah, let's just uh, let's dive right into uh, personal property. We're coming out of what song? We're coming out of a uh, stand up, kick love into motion, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, which a song uh, we all love. A song that was about um, that song was either about uh, Joe Elliott uh, convincing a woman to take a take a chance and and and, and join him mm-hmm. in some kind of lover's embrace and then throw him to the ground, or it was about uh, him being some kind of motorcycle death baby that was going to take her up some stairs uh, up yep. to up to heaven. Um, or drive her off a cliff or something, uh, some kind of weird trick. We weren't sure, uh, but it's the kind of it's that kind of ambiguity I think that that elevates these songs to to the kind of art that they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, all y'all listening at home, just pop in your cassette tape and mm-hmm. crank that volume, and you'll you're gonna want to fast forward to roughly, uh, let's say roughly twelve and a half minutes into side B. When personal property starts. Get right into it. Hey, uh, we, just dive, we just dive right into that, right? Hey, Char, why don't you uh, jump right into this one? Why don't you give us some lyrics here? Uh, yeah, you read, to, do you want me to read them? Yeah, play oh. <laughs> or or just freestyle. Them. <laughs> sure, <laughs> just okay. give us any lyrics. All right, let's add a let's add a feminine touch to this very Personal masculine property. tune. She's a gold plated lover, twenty four karat gold. Cool. <laughs> she can walk on water. Uh-huh. Yeah, she can walk in my room. <laughs> She's yeah. a one-man woman, mm, and okay. it's a one-man race. She's got a kiss like fire. She burns the lips right off my face. We've all been there, right, Alex? <laughs> uh, absolutely. Um, it's like they took, uh, took a page out of your wedding vest. <laughs> <laughs> I think you said that to Franny, right? 
Uh, no, I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have said any of these things, especially not. She can walk in my room because that just seems like a brag I about mean, how about how clean your how clean your room is. Like you can <laughs> and I've, you can walk in. I've been in your room before. It's pretty yeah. gross. No, it's not. You cannot walk in my room. It's like a little mess uh, on the floor. It's gross. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's funny that he brags about how clean his room is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, clearly, clearly this is a song about a man that just bought a boat, because what other personal property would you refer to as she? That's true. Wow. This could be a song about a boat. Mm. And I don't know about you, but if you've ever kissed a boat... Goodbye Burn lips. your lips right yeah. off. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a steamboat. You don't you don't want to kiss the you don't want to kiss the exhaust on that steamboat. Wa- that ship can walk on water. Exactly. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. I like where we're going with what, this so I mean, far. What else? There, I can't imagine. Did he get a dog? What else would he refer? I what have other no property? Idea. You know, would you give that pronoun? Certainly to? not a human. Humans Definitely have not. autonomy. Yes. Humans are, are not. You're not allowed to legally own humans. Right. So. Right. Yeah. No, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, I've I've kind of never been able to figure it out because uh, this is he, this is a this is definitely like this definitely feels like a uh, adrenaline style adrenalized style verse where Joelit every once in a while throws out a verse where he's like. I'm gonna try and see how many cliched phrases I can sneak into one verse. Like that is, burns that, the lips right off my face. Yeah, yeah, I say that shit all the time. All the time. <laughs> that is true. More of adrenaline. Yeah, that's than, the than that's other, the Ken uh, has cheeseburger in this uh, this era. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, some of these verses, especially if he can fit a cliche in there, or if he can split it up. If he can relate two cliches to each other and split them in half and stick them into a verse, he does that. Um, it's almost like the way a dad gets excited about puns. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. he's going into he's going into like a dad, uh, yeah. like a like a not not exact not exactly a dad, but you know what it is? He's a guy who just bought a boat. Yeah. That's pretty <laughs> simple. A guy who just bought a boat. <laughs> Whatever, what do you call it's not a dad, but it's a guy who just now has a boat. It's a new a new boat owner. <laughs> uh, What's the word like a, for a like man? A... So we got hus- husband is a guy who now has a wife. Dad uh-huh. is a guy who now has a kid. Uh-huh. Uh, so what's the word for a man who now has a boat? Like a uh... mariner? <laughs> is it a captain i want to say it's like a boat like a boat swain or something like that a but i don't know yeah, that's a, a boat swain. a boat um, a, a, a boat swain is primarily in charge of uh discipline upon a boat right what about a boat spend i have a boatsman no boat spend What's that part? Well, I don't know what that part means. The last the part. The last part is hus- uh, like husband. Oh, uh, like he just married a boat. That makes He's sense. He's a boatsband. Or yeah. like a baddie. <laughs> like a boat daddy. <laughs> <laughs> a baddie. A baddie. <laughs> A boat, a boat. Well, why change? Why change anything about boat daddy? Why not just leave it as boat daddy? Boat I daddy. I don't think you're improving on boat daddy by abbreviating it. I'm okay. A boat well, daddy. I think well somewhere between somewhere between boatspend and boat daddy, we've got the answer. Do of not what, look up boat daddy on our <laughs> of what Joe is at this point. 
uh, because I think it's pretty clear so that so far on Adrenalize, he is uh, a guy who got sick of living with his dad um, <laughs> and yep. bought and bought a boat. He bought a boat. So we have okay. this we have this hot ass first verse, and it's yeah. man he's spitting fire, and we go right into the little uh, the little pre chorus build up, and it is awesome. Yep. Now let's uh, let's also mention those really nice little guitar squeals and and dude, it is and, the uh, most like pop country fucking bluesy guitar riff. Just like wow 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 wow, you know, just real real stingy uh, stingy guitar stabs in there, uh, really punctuating all of the uh, all the sass that's on display here. Oh okay. my god, it's like serving up with a giant fucking spoon of sass. Yep. Big big pasta sass. All right. I'm going to stop it right there. I'm only going to give you just a little taste there because um, I feel like we're we're again at one of these moments. Where I that I like to crow about, yep. As a big fan of the English band, um, uh-huh. where I think if if we were listening to a lesser band, uh-huh. uh, that those let, let me just read that real quick. It's finders keepers, losers gonna weep. She's personal property. Pause. Because at that point they do a little sweet ass guitar stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. She's personal property. <laughs> She's. Uh, sealed and stamped, money in the bank. She's private for my eyes only. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, I think if we were listening to a lesser band, like say any other band in the world, they would be like, "Okay, that's our chorus, right?" We've yeah. got, we've had the, you know, we've 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 done the little, you know, we've set things up with a verse, and now we've got, and now we've got an upbeat, catchy as hell, uh, series of like. Of of almost like shouted lines yeah. in which the words personal property appear. So we say the, so- the title of the song in the in the chorus, and that's that'd be the chorus just right there, right? Yeah. Now you would assume Charlene has left the room at this point, but in fact, <laughs> instead her, our kitten has just climbed up into her lap and is quietly sitting there for some reason instead mm-hmm. of running around like a crazy person. So she's kind of focused on the strangeness of that. I just I just had to back up a little bit, so I don't know if, if the microphone can still catch. Me. I think it can still catch. It, you. Okay. So it's it's still picking you right. You're up. ringing in loud and clear. So at this point, no, you're totally right. If any other band was singing a song that's definitely about a boat and definitely not about a woman right it would this would be their chorus because they're like this is catchy enough it's got a little bit of fun guitar stuff it's got a little bit of strut mm-hmm. but none Def Leppard's like no 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 we can do better yeah at this point Def Leppard stares right into your third eye uh-huh. And tells you that's that your butthole. <laughs> and tell, yep, <laughs> they're already down there, and they <laughs> they're they're getting all up in you. And they tell you that you are full of shit. And this is the actual chorus right here. Uh-huh. <laughs> Why didn't it start? <laughs> <laughs> Why does my computer keep... My computer has this glitch that it does where when I'm on Google Hangout and I try to play a song on iTunes... I gotta quit iTunes real quick. 
Fortunately, they're on version 8 million of iTunes or whatever, and they still have never figured out that when you quit iTunes, you might want to open it up and be on the same fucking song. All right, here we go. Well, you know, we didn't say anything about the sweet little thing that's happening at the beginning there. Um, which, uh, let's just say, uh, it's the sound cool. the boat makes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the sound the boat makes. When you put a boat. The first time you put a boat in the water, there uh-huh. are these little... Um, Boats of, in the water. When the first time you put a boat in the water, there's these little magical tinkles that happen that go... It's like the sound of the, uh, the champagne bubbles bouncing off the side of the boat when you christen it with a champagne <laughs> bottle. That's exactly what it is. All right, here we go. Here is the actual chorus of personal... Property. Hold on to your butts. Right? Yeah. That was a lot of uh, at that point of stuff. Joe Elliott is running around that straight that stage like a crazy person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Stuart, you want to read those lyrics? You want to read? Uh, I would the love to. She's personal property, personal property, personal service, personal touch. Exclusively mine. Thank you so much. Yep. She's she's a heart stopping, brain thudding, blood pumping, knee trembling, spine crushing, tongue tying, personal property. Yeah, and she belongs to me. Yeah, I think you men- I think you mentioned that, buddy. Um, yeah, 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 there's so- no question that this boat, and definitely not a human woman, <laughs> is this guy's property. Yeah. I mean, owning property is very exciting. I, I can imagine how he feels, like, saving up all his money in the bank and mm-hmm. then going to the boat shows and trying on all the various boats. And it's like, this is the blood-pumping, knee-trembling, spine-crushing, tongue-tying boat. He's so excited He's about this boat that he wants yeah. to take other dudes by the hand and say, dude, look what I've got. This is my boat. It's amazing. Boat ownership. But no, no, no. That boat's my boat, not yours. Yeah. Not yours. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty pretty common problem that, that, that people will have. And he says, uh, wait, wait, wait. I understand that you think that there's a chance that that boat might be able to choose you or some other man to, be, to ride in it every once in a while. But nope. <laughs> That boat is my property. I mean, boats don't make choices. I haven't. I have all the control over that boat's choices. Yep. Boats don't make choices. Boats don't get to make choices. No. In fact, boats. this boat specifically is mine. <laughs> boats. Boat. Uh, boats do choose. I think their owners, though. That's like. Uh, sure. It's like what it's, the sorting it's... hat. 
you put a boat on your head like it's fucking time bandits and it uh, shouts out what kind of weird house I you're think in. There is, I think there is something about, a, you know, a, a boat will just call out to the right person. But then once you've got that once you've got that title for that boat in your hand, which uh-huh. I which I, I hear this, uh, I hear the end of this when he says, and she belongs to me when he says that at the end of yeah. that. Uh, I think I think he's looking at the title. That he just, uh, that he just, you know, that he just got certified or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and he's just thinking, like, this is definitely mine. It doesn't belong to anybody else. Nobody else is going to ever own it. Um, and it's heart stomp. And nobody's ever ridden in this boat before me. If <laughs> right. I were to find out that somebody had, I would get kind of weird about it. Right. Uh, and I would be interested, but it would also make me upset to find out about it. Right. Now I would start. Uh, I would start saying things about the quality you of the boat. I would start. Que- I would start questioning the quality of the boat, even though nothing has actually changed. It's right? certainly not the boat's fault. Like that's the right. boat I wanted. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, it's not the boat's fault. Yeah, I would just start looking at the boat like it like it was yeah, worth like a, little a little bit, bit less. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, even I though, get even it. though literally like just a minute ago I was looking at it like. It was the most beautiful thing I'd ever yeah, seen. Yeah, like that boat is spine crushing. Yeah, actually, <laughs> can is... we go, can we go through these some of these uh, adjectives that uh, Joe uses to describe his new boat? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. What does it What does it say about a person or about a person's new boat when they use the adjectives to describe it? Heart stomping, brain thudding, blood pumping, knee trembling, spine crushing, tongue tying. Now, tongue tying, I get because yeah. it's an incredible boat, and we've all been tongue tied by. I mean, this is beauty. a bit of a tongue tying chorus, right? There's a sure. lot of words in this one. Spine crushing, sure. though, as somebody who just recently suffered a little bit of back pain, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't like that. I'm not down. I feel like this is a fast boat. It moves fast, and your heart beats. What are you saying about this guy's boat? I'm saying it's probably a speedboat. <laughs> okay, I mean, you don't know when, moves, like... Moves uh, This fast. boat, not a lot of other guys have been in this boat, though, right? I mean, that's not... I'm just saying how fast it goes. Oh, okay, that's what you mean. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's powerful. Um, and it's it's a powerful boat. When the boat goes tra- fast. That travels at a high velocity. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty new boat. Um, yeah. br- <laughs> what about brain-thudded? <laughs> I think I think it's uh, it's a loud boat, you know. It's got a it's got a loud, powerful motor, which is really annoying. By the way, uh, get a quiet boat. You know, <laughs> people are trying to camp out. People are trying to hang out and just have a peaceful day on the river. Get a freaking quiet boat, Joe Elliott. Uh, that's one thing I want to say to Joe right now. Uh, you don't need a brain thud. I mean, boat. You, you say that to him right now. I think I didn't. You also pay for that. To be written in sky writing above Joe Elliott's house. <laughs> Get a quieter boat. <laughs> yes, I did. His little Joe Elliott's late ca- like late cabin. Uh, <laughs> you know? I paid somebody to sky write that right above it. Uh, so okay, so I get I get heart stomping, I get brain thudding. It's loud. <laughs> Yep. Uh, blood pumping. I guess you're ha- you're excited. You're having fun on the boat. Maybe you're doing a little wakeboarding or a little mm-hmm. uh, or, or or some tubing, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and, it, and that really gets the that really gets the blood pumping. Like that's no joke. That really does. Knee trembling. 
you know what? I'm still on board with this, thinking about it a little bit, because knee trembling, uh, you got you got those land legs, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's, uh, that's a classic uh, problem for a new, for a new boat. Uh, owner, a new boat daddy, or a new boatsman. Yeah, we call uh, the boat daddy. Is is that is that your your knees tremble a bit because uh-huh. you're used to walking around on the earth, and now uh, you're yes. and now you're not on the earth. You're on your boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're you're in Poseidon's domain. Yes, uh, and who knows what's going on beneath you in that in that uh, in that liquid we all, we all call water <laughs> <laughs> that's what i call it <laughs> wow wow real courageous charlene yeah yeah taking a stand i'm taking a stand i call it water <laughs> i don't know what you call it <laughs> wow putting me on the spot i told you i didn't want to talk about this what does what does spine crushing mean is the big question. What does spine crushing mean? That's a good question. I mean, does is Joe using this boat? And we've done this to a lot of his songs. We've made them about murdering people. But uh, but is he is he like running over jet skiers or just you know just sort of people Manatees. relaxing? Uh, manatees, perhaps. I mean that. That's, oh man, they that's are off the endangered about. list. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, they have it coming. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, you can you can eat them again. Yeah, you can eat them. Again. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, so maybe maybe he's just um, maybe he's just considering crushing some spines with the with like, the boat. He's saying he could. Look, I get it. You get a new boat. You're hanging around with your boys. You want to talk about it. You use a lot of big words. You talk tough. You're like, this is my forever boat. <laughs> This is my forever boat. Stuart, can you imagine getting a boat? Can you imagine getting a boat and describing it to your friends and one of your first descriptions of it is that it would be spine crushing? I mean, that's a little extreme. I don't I I mean to be honest, I kind of want to see this boat. Yeah. This boat must be It does awesome. it does say something. Yeah, it, and and plus the fact that it's uh that he's described it as being plated in gold. And also that uh, that whatever you know, it burned the lips off of his face with. Uh, I mean, I'm going to tell you, he overpaid for this boat, <laughs> <laughs> and gold is not very seaworthy. <laughs> no, I mean, just think of the patina. So uh, yeah, let's. Uh, so that's the. So it's a loud. It's a loud boat made of gold. It's that that uh, that is. I feel like at this point, if we haven't gotten perfect idea of what this boat is like i feel like verse number two is going to tell us a little bit yeah. more about no, this right, boat. let's do it verse two verse two is gonna is gonna explain some to you so here we go verse two So like, dude, I get it. There's one, there's something to be said about a guy who's like, I'm going to describe my fucking boat in (laughs) such detail 
that I'm going to bring you right to the edge of jizzing all over the place. <laughs> only to not let you actually touch this boat. Right. <laughs> Keep your hands to yourself, man. You can window shop if you want. Yeah, it, it kind of does sound like he's not even allowing his friends yeah, onto the boat, right? Yeah, Which is crazy. Or is that, or is that just assume? Boat? Are we just assuming that at this point that like, like he's a, it seems like he doesn't want to share his boat. He's only going to be on the boat by he's himself. He's like, my mom told me not to share it. I, it's only for me. Is yeah, that, like <laughs> that's well, and it's also maybe it's maybe it's not the kind of maybe it's not the kind of boat that you show your boys. Maybe it's like a pontoon boy boat. That's like boy a boy boy. Uh, it's like a <laughs> a boy a boy is a a boy is a junior husband or a boy. Sorry, let me do this. Oh, you're gonna make fun of me for misspeaking. You better fucking bring it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna take my time with this and get it right. A boy. Is a junior boat spend. Okay. I did it. So. Worth uh, it, too. Totally worth it. Char, why don't you read this chorus for us? <coughs> oh, okay. Which one's the chorus? Oh, this, this, no, verse. this is verse two. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> gotcha. She won't fall for nothing. She's much more than cute. Oh, yeah. Don't mind ya window shopping. That's all right. That's all right. But you ain't gonna taste. My forbidden fruit. The rest? Yeah, you can do the gotcha. little prep. Adios. Au revoir. Wiedersehen. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> She's personal property. Do, do, do. Off limits. Out of bounds. Under lock and key. Confidential. For my eyes only. So what I'm saying is, like, <laughs> he is... He is churching up this boat something fierce and then he's like mm, but you don't get it you don't get to ride this thing yeah well also for my eyes only kind of makes it sound like he's just keeping it in a garage it seems like, like a waste of a boat <laughs> like maybe he like maybe he just has this shed in the back of his house and there's a boat in it and he goes in and sits in it and he loves the boat <laughs> but it, this is like off limits out of bounds under lock and key in the shed, and it is for my eyes only. You can't even look at this boat. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he's got some kind of, like, complicated little Noah's Ark thing going on where he's got a secret boat that's made of gold that he doesn't <laughs> want anybody to know about. He's got big plans for it. Do you know what I mean? That's, I know exactly what you mean. That's this where is, my mind is This is the kind of boat that, like, he's, he's describing a boat that's so great that if Vice President Mike Pence were to meet this boat, his wife would have to be in the room because he couldn't be allowed <laughs> in the presence of this boat. Now, of course, actually, you know what? Going, going back a second, though, don't mind you window shopping. Sure. So, so technically for my eyes only is, uh, I don't know, which one of those should we take more seriously? Which one of those yeah. should, we, should we see as, as sort of they're, symbolic? Which one should we see as a cliche? Because they're both kind of... opposites. They're both cliches, and they mean the exact opposite thing. But one of them is clearly, like, him being rhetorical, and one of them is literal. So it's either he keeps this thing in the dark under lock and key for his eyes only, or he allows his friends to look at his boat, but not but get not on get it. But not get on it. Maybe I look at it from one. a distance, yeah, and, like... For his eyes only, like nobody else has seen the guts of this boat. Sure. Yeah, nobody else is nobody else is getting real deep into the inside of the boat, right? No, that's just him. That's, that's just, just him. him. And no and one else. And he's probably. going on some kind of boat trip because that's why he says 
goodbye in all those languages. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like I'm going he's, on addressing, a he's addressing his multicultural friends. <laughs> yeah. Or it's just he's he's, tra- he's traveling. He's traveling so boat. fast. Yeah, exactly. He's on a world trip on his gold boat. He's traveling so fast that he has to say those. Uh, he has to say goodbye in all those different languages that quickly as he passes by Germany and uh, and and France and all these different places. That's got to be it. Mm. Wow, what a song! <laughs> all right, so then we have the, about. then we just then we have the uh, the. I think basically the exact same chorus again. There's a, there's a little bit of a change up here. Uh, after personal service, personal touch goes. Uh, wait, no, it's the same shit. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's it's. I think it's a repeat of the chorus. So let's let's skip ahead. There's a pretty exciting little uh, little breakdown at uh, two, at sort of two minutes into the song. Let's is let's this hear an- this. Is this another little, this uh, Cockney out. rhyming rap? This is. A trademark Def Leppard Cockney rhyming rap. I actually heard Joe Elliott describe this section of the song in an interview as a bit of a rap. <laughs> so, <laughs> so once again, we get uh, we get a, a little taste of what Def Leppard in 1992 thought rapping was. Here we yeah. go. solo which we will I mean, play in just a minute but um, that totally supports this world trip idea because he's saying hit the road jack don't come back enjoy yourself that is the secret of the sweet life i yeah. like how, how he's so protective of his boat but then he's like you know i don't mind you guys like checking her out and whistling and making the vote the boat you know feel small um, I mean, <laughs> the, I, I think it's the key says, thing you have to you understand, can... you have to understand that boat needs to not realize that it can do better. That's true. Because if that boat knows that it could have anyone riding on it, possibly somebody even better than you, you're not going like, to want that to happen. Then that, that boat will sense. leave you. That makes sense. Are you guys, t- are you guys talking about a boat? Yeah, we're talking. Of course. It's boats. It's a boat. It's you guys are talking about like a, like a wooden Sort of like uh, I mean, it's gold. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, but gold, like, but dude. typically they're they're wooden. They're sort of fiberglass. Like, sort of <laughs> sh- shaped like uh, oh, what are they shaped like? Well, they're shaped like a boat. And they sit, and they, <laughs> wow. and, they, and they sit on and they sit on water. We're talking about that, right? We're not yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. something else. Yeah. Okay. Because some of, uh, some of the stuff you were saying didn't make sense to me as far as like just what I know about I'm, boats. I'm but, just I, in, but okay. Yeah. So he says. Now, I don't mind you guys checking her out. You can whistle like a wolf, or you can mess around. Wolves notoriously whistle at boats. <laughs> what is, or you can mess around. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think he's just kind of throwing that out there. Like, he's just kind of being, like, derisive of his oh, friends. Oh, he's, like, he's saying, like, don't, don't think you can be so you can You can make jokes to your friends about... Hey, I'd like to get on that boat. You can yeah, say that. You can mess around uh-huh. as long as everybody knows that's a joke. 
yeah, and yeah. that you're not getting anywhere near this just boat. regular just dudes talking right yeah okay you can you can have any kind of joke you want about like hey i'd like to buy a ticket to be able to get on your boat like that's a funny joke that someone could tell if they were messing around right i mean there's a you have a boat and then there's a wolf and then there's a rabbit and then there's a cabbage no, wait, that's a different yeah. story. So how do you get the rabbit and the cabbage <laughs> over to over the there other safely? side? Safely. Well, you can't let the wolf on the boat because that's we've already <laughs> that's covered bad. that. So what I love about this what I love about this little this little rap is you know, Joe Elliott takes his time, he draws it out, he's 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 talking to his buddies, and he says, You want to stay healthy, man. And then he shouts, take my advice. And then there's a little bit of a pause, and you're like, fuck, dude, I need, I need to find out the secret of the sweet life. Yeah, yeah. Take my it. advice! Like, he really, really digs into that. Yeah, like and at that re- point, I'm like, goes, goes I'm turning the volume up on, on my tape deck, because I want to hear exactly what the secret of the sweet life is. And he addresses me by name, Stuart Jack Wellington. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, you better hit the road and don't come back. Which means, to me... You gotta go on one of these trips. You gotta go on a boat trip. Go on a boat trip. Yeah. I don't think he's saying that. I think he's saying stay off the water because it belongs to me. <laughs> oh, Wait, shit. he owns the boat he's... and all the water? Well, well that's I call sort of the feeling. That's the that's the feeling you have when you've purchased a new boat. Uh... Is you you think, hey, listen, hey, Jack, you see Jack standing over there and he's eyeing your boat and you're like, listen up, Jack, you don't own any of this water whatsoever. You need to stick to the roads that have been paved for mm-hmm. normies like you. And me and my boat are going to own this entire uh, ocean, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. I think it's funny that he says the secret of the sweet life. Uh-huh. Like uh, <laughs> The sweet like, life of Zach and Cody. The sweet life is staying away from him and his boat, <laughs> uh, which is, I, I guess that's a, that's a good sell. That's a good, uh, like that to tell him like, listen, man, you, you, you probably couldn't handle this, right? Like he's like, Joe has evolved to be able to deal with his lips being burnt off of his face. But this this <laughs> idiot, this asshole, this this guy w- whistling like a wolf, this primal beast that's one, that's messing around on the dock nearby uh, has not evolved to the level where this beast could handle being on the boat yeah. and having possession of the water. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And uh, and then we get a solo and uh, it's a classic uh, two-bagger two solo, two different distinct sections. But, of course, as we've mentioned before on Adrenalize, uh, both of them played by Phil Collin, who I believe is doing a sort of um, deliberate, uh, not impression, but a sort of tribute. What's the, what's the combination of tribute and impression? Uh, a, an emulation of some kind of yeah. steaming Steve Clark in the first half of this. And then he does. So you'll hear um, you'll hear the first Almost half like of this homage or something. Yeah, you'll hear the um, the first half is a very sort of like um, uh, Armageddon it kind of like. Swaggery, like rocky, uh, blues rock guitar solo. The second half is very like it's got a lot of the fancy pyrotechnics that you that you love from Phil Collin, uh, and here it is, the solo. Hey! 
heard you heard the two different distinct sections there of the of the solo. I like uh-huh. the the second half of that, which I'm a big fan of. It's got a lot. It's yeah. like like I said, it's very like it's a very technically uh, interesting solo. It almost ha- it has these sections of it that sound like a like a demon laughing or something. Um, <laughs> you know that that stuff. That's um, that's much more beautiful coming off of uh, Phil Collins' fingers than it is coming out of my mouth. Like most things. Uh, what do you guys think of those solos? Any other thoughts about those? There's no words in them. There's yeah, no words I in there. I know sometimes so. it's hard to talk about guitar <laughs> solos, other you than know, to say that they are fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at this point, Joe Elliott has just said, hit the road, Jack, don't come back. And that's a little bit of traveling music. Like, uh, you start walking, buddy, and he's going to have a demon laughing as he walk away. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um... And yeah, it's a very like it's a very colorful solo. So you can imagine a lot of things happening, like um, like Joe. Uh, so Joe has sent off somebody, and he's in the boat, and he's working on the boat, and he's uh, yep. like putting putting the title away, and it's making little noise. <laughs> like the solo is like little the sounds of him like slamming different compartments and putting his luggage on board, and his dad tries to come up and get on the boat and he tells his dad to fuck off. Like there's a lot of, yeah. there's a lot of narrative <laughs> happening in that solo, right? Yep. Now, yeah, yeah I got it. everybody who gets all of that. That's pretty obvious. So, uh, the, we have reached my favorite point of the song. Okay. This is my absolute favorite section of this song, which uh-huh. by the way is, is just, if we haven't said it before, this is a, just real jackhammer of a tune it's just so upbeat and hits on all cylinders the whole way it's got a lot lot of crossover potential like it's got your rock fans it's got your pop country fans it's got a rap in the middle of it there's rap and everybody loves rap now Mm -hmm. look at hamilton (laughs) i I will look at hamilton even my mom loves rap now So uh, I saw my mom wearing a fucking Nas T-shirt, and I'm like, "Whoa, mom!" <laughs> so, uh, but what happens next? I think is truly astonishing, and it is another uh, it is another big, glorious, shining example of why the English band is such an accomplished uh, entity because. They manage, at this point, you might think, okay, the song has got to wind down now because it's been, we've been listening to it for three minutes and it's been, it's been balls to the wall, just incredible banger this whole time, three minutes in. Yeah. How could they ever like escalate things from this point? And they do because the third verse of this song they kick things up a notch even higher, and it is yep. incredible to me. Every time I'm listening to this in the car, this comes on, and I am just pumping my fist. I am running red lights. I am uh, I, I am I am cursing. I I love this part yeah, of the song so much. Yeah, you keep so catching much. yourself driving by the boatyard, thinking maybe I'll buy a boat. Yep, absolutely true. I start littering. It's great. Here we go. This uh, this is. The third verse of personal property. And just listen, just listen to what they do. The little subtle things. Joe uh-huh. raises his voice up. 
the um, I think the the guitar is like a little more th- fluid throughout it, but it just it just feels like it's been taken up to another a whole nother level, as uh, the millennials say. Here we go. there uh well i like the idea that this guy is describing himself as the tarzan to his boats jane like his mm-hmm. boat is kind of like a proper lady who just yeah. happened to wander into the jungle only to be saved by uh you know former nobility lord greystoke who is uh adapted to life in the jungle to become tarzan lord of the apes well, yeah, the boat represents sure. the the boat represents something civilized. He represents something primal. Uh, well, and he and represents I, like not just something primal, but like kind of how like a noble white dude can land in the jungle and be like with a little bit of effort be in charge of all of that shit. Yeah, it just be it just be better than everything else around it. I mean, it's it's just I mean, it's just like natural, you know. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, so that's, that's what that's we're saying na- about that's this nature boat. is, yep. is that, that is absolutely nature is a white guy showing up in the jungle and just <laughs> and all of a sudden having like Running he's it. the boss of the fucking animals. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and his boat wants him, not some fucking monkey. Well, you know what? All right. So there, there that's is what it says in the lyrics, dude. There is a uh, I think an interesting uh, sort of parallel um there is a there's a parallel symbolism running through the latter half of this song uh-huh. that I think is I think is interesting for what it says uh regardless of the of the literal uh translate what the literal meaning of this song which is obviously that Joe just bought a boat uh-huh. without question yeah. it's that Joe just bought a no boat no question but there is a uh, there there is a uh figurative level on which this song works as well uh because there's a there's this parallel uh, uh, religious and scientific metaphor going on, where mm-hmm. in the so in the uh, prior in the second verse mm-hmm. he says you ain't gonna taste my forbidden fruit. Clearly a reference to the Garden of Eden, which Def Leppard has referenced a few times before, including on the song. Uh, women where women are created in the garden of eden uh and and sort of and sort of elevate man to suddenly to where life is something worth living at this point right yeah so the forbidden fruit uh so we've got 
we've got that kind of evolution, the forbidden fruit. When they take a bite of the apple, they get the knowledge from the tree of life, right? So that's a religious angle of it. That's a religious symbolism. Then he gets to king of the jungle, or you could swing in the rain. She don't need no monkey. Uh, you are a monkey, and I'm Tarzan. I'm a man. So there we have the scientific angle on that symbol, which is that, um, which is evolution, right? Yeah. Scientifically established evolution of humans from monkeys to men. So Joe has evolved past you to where he can afford to have his lips burnt off of his face yep. by, by his gold-plated boat. Yeah. Uh, and he can handle the boat. He's more civilized than yeah. the monkeys on the shore. Yeah. So it's like he he feels that he that in the possession of this boat, he has become greater than those around him. He looks at the shore. Joe, at this point, looks at the shore and what used to be his brothers and sisters, yeah. his fellow human beings. He now just sees a bunch of primitive monkeys uh-huh. uh, hitting each other with sticks, whereas he is driving a golden boat off into the sunset. And he, he's okay with them looking at that boat. That's okay. Oh, sure. Just don't touch it. Don't climb aboard. And, uh, you know, his boat don't need no monkey. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, a direct you, quote. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's how, that's how you would say that. Yeah, that's how you would... If, if you were a new... Uh, boat boy or boat daddy mm-hmm. uh, and you had your brand new you had the title in hand yep and you're and you're you're getting ready to go on your maiden voyage yeah and some guy tried to get on with you say maybe it's your best bud and he shows up and he's got a cooler full of Coors Lights yeah. um, and he's an efficient cap on yeah and in he's normal just, circumstances that sounds like a party and he's just bumbling there towards your boat and you look over at him and you go my boat don't need no monkey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You'd yeah, probably, I can see that. Yeah. You'd probably say that to yourself, right? Yeah. What I love is, in this description, you could be the king of the jungle, or you could swing in the rain. <clears throat> I guess those are, those are your two possibilities. Um, but at this point, you don't need, a, uh, need no monkey. Uh, the, the boat doesn't need a monkey. So the idea is that, like, I thought Tarzan was the king of the jungle, but you can't be Tarzan, you're a monkey. So is the monkey the king of the jungle? I don't get it. It's, okay, it is a very, it's a chopped, it's almost like a, it's like picasso this uh, this metaphor a little bit. Uh-huh. Where it's it's been chopped up and fragmented and presented in a way that, that doesn't seem to make linear sense. Because yeah. it's kind of, it's kind of cubist in that way. So, right. So, uh, for one thing... The, for one thing, yes, Tarzan is the king of the jungle, not the monkey. Uh-huh. Uh, so he's kind of he's kind of splitting Tarzan there for for two different uses at the yeah. beginning and at the end of it. The other thing that's weird about it is he says you could swing in the rain. The idea of swinging in the jungle is not is like he's already setting up Tarzan right there, or he's yeah. if he had mentioned Tarzan first. Swinging, swinging would make more sense, but he's. Met, I guess he has mentioned Tarzan first because he mentions the king of the jungle, and everybody thinks, okay, king of the jungle. You're talking about Tarzan. Yeah, I mean this this probably this song probably came out around the same time as Jungle Boy, so everyone's thinking Tarzan. Yeah, 
Is jo- wait, is Jungle Boy sense. the is Jungle Boy the Brendan Fraser one? No, Jungle Boy is that song that uh oh 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 What's the one where what's isn't there a, like a Brendan Fraser movie where he's like a Tarzan type? George of the Jungle. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, but here's here's what I'll say. You or me. Here's what I'll say about this this use of the Tarzan uh, use of uh, of Tarzan in the song is that what he's essentially doing is he's making you think of Tarzan in the first couplet, and then um, and then he's telling you that he's actually Tarzan and you're just some monkey that thinks you're the king of the jungle. You're yeah. a monkey that thinks you're Tarzan. Yeah. So he's sort of setting you up as though you think you're all that uh-huh. and a bag of chips. But you ain't shit. And you're not getting on my boat. I don't care how many uh, beers you got in that cooler. Clearly. Uh, I don't care what what kind of bait you picked up on your way down here. Um, I don't care if you got that shimmery new rod. (laughs) I don't know if you you heard about (laughs) other people who have maybe been on my boat. But that boat, I'm the only one who's allowed on the boat now. Yeah. It so picked I, me. That boat picked me. Boat. Yeah. yeah. And she be- and the last words of the song, of course, again, she, she belongs. belongs to me. So once again, let's just to summarize this uh, song. It's very much about a boat, not about any kind of autonomous person Clearly or animal. Not. That would be crazy. yeah. Well, I mean, that wouldn't make any sense. You wouldn't. Yeah. You wouldn't call, no pers- you wouldn't call a person. about person personal property. No, that's it's, crazy. It's, it's insane. insane. Well, <laughs> Huh. Who would ever do that? This song came out in the 80s, dude. Yeah. 90s. 92. This song came out in the 90s, dude. Just edit that. Um, yeah, so, Char, any final thoughts about personal property? Um, I, I mean, for a song about a boat. It's not a bad song for, about for, a boat. For, for a song about a boat, not that bad. I mean, it's one of my top five favorite songs about boats. Wow, okay. Uh, okay, no. number... <laughs> no, yeah, let's see no, don't let's ask. Hear. No. Oh, wow. Lot How many okay. in the sand. Okay, okay, cool. How many of the five Oops. are by Jimmy Buffett? <laughs> all of them. They're all by Jimmy Buffett. Uh, um, cool, except for this one. That's uh, Okay, Alex, uh, any, uh, any final thoughts? Any summary? I think you kind of killed it at the end there. Yeah, I, I killed it. I killed it in that there's definitely nothing else to say about this about this cool. song, right? So this uh, is great. Uh, what do we do? Uh, what do we do next in this podcast? Well, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a call out to um, to listeners of this podcast to send us an email at uh-huh. tilldef uh, at gmail dot com. Please we send can, us an we email. We can spell that out, but I think you can figure it out. You're smart. <laughs> yeah, there's two L's in till, and there's two P's in party, and party is spelled like the back half of uh, of leopard. So <laughs> it's super easy. Don't even yeah, worry about how yeah, complicated yeah. it You've is. You've already figured it out. But here's what I'm putting a call to action out to our listeners. Uh, uh-huh. I would like our listeners to send uh, to to ask us some some for some advice. I would like them specifically to ask us uh, questions, just any kind of uh, issue that maybe it's a personal issue, maybe it's just an etiquette question. But I would like to uh, to, to start helping our listeners out a little bit. And I, I, I'm gonna because I would. This song has inspired me to start a segment of this show called "Take My Advice." Uh-huh. Uh huh. That. Uh-huh. 
where where we will take some of the knowledge that we have gotten from years and years of listening to the English band uh-huh. and Joe Elliott's tremendous poetry, yep. and uh, and we're going to help p- other people w- out with it. We're going to give back, Stuart. Is this you- Def Leppard based advice or any advice? I I mean, if it's a Def Leppard-related question, absolutely we will answer it, but we will also answer any question about any other I think the idea is that whatever questions are answered, uh, our bona fides are provided by the fact that we have a deep understanding of the music of Def Leppard. Gotcha. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, surely if we're offering you an example of, you know, what to do in a given situation, we're going to pull... The you know we're gonna pull the situation out of a Def Leppard song probably yeah a deep reservoir of Def Leppard understanding so send That's us that's what email. we bring to the table Charlotte absolutely yeah <laughs> including uh, you okay so uh, I can ask you guys questions I mean yeah 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 I mean that's what we should have been doing the whole time <laughs> uh, <laughs> so okay. Send us an email. Uh, also, follow us on our Twitter account, which uh-huh. is just at Till Def, two L's and Till again. Uh, and then uh, the last little segment, uh, actually, sorry, there's two, there's two little bits of housekeeping that we have to do okay. before we finish up. One of them is Stuart. Yep. I'm going to give you the... Number seven songs okay. on all of Def Leppard's albums so far. Sure. And uh, I remember, I think the last time we did this, Char, you opted out of it, uh, which is fu- mm-hmm. which is totally fine. Um, but the but the idea is that Stuart and I, uh, as longtime listeners of these albums, are going to rank uh, what songs are the best number sevens for their. Uh, first five albums because number seven is a pretty special spot on an album because you're midway through the B side. You got to keep the momentum going, mm-hmm. but there's also Def Leppard generally on the B side in the middle there. They find some nice spots to insert a little tenderness and some touching songs. Yeah. And, and seven and, uh, is God's number. And yeah, yeah, seven is a very, very important number in numerology. So, all right. So Stuart, here are, the number seven songs, or the track number sevens, excuse me, on sure. Def Leppard's first five albums. And you're going to tell me what order you would rank them in terms of your preference. Not just how much you love the song, yep. but how important they are as a tr- seventh track on that album. Okay. Right? Yep. So, On Through the Night, the song is Wasted. On uh, High and Dry... Track number seven is Lady Strange. On Pyromania, track number seven is Rock of Ages. On, Shit. On Hysteria, track number seven is Gods of War. And on Adrenalize, it's Personal Property. Okay. So, number one is easy. Number five is pretty easy. Okay. So I'm going to start with number five and work my way up. Okay. So we will do personal property is number five. Oh, my God. Really? (laughs) Yeah, I just blew your mind. Holy shit. Uh, Number four is going to be 
Lady Strange. Okay, okay, okay. Number three is Wasted. Hmm. Okay. Number, number two is Gods of War. Number one is Rock of Ages. That song rules. Yeah. Uh, okay, awesome. I, I will say my uh, I put Rock of Ages as number one for uh, one because it is an amazing song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of the most iconic Def Leppard songs. It also is an incredible, if you're just listening to Pyromania all the way through, uh-huh. Rock of Ages as a seventh track is is it's phenomenal. It's like one of the craziest things I've ever heard because it's almost like they re they re, they almost reboot the album while still making you feel like you're in the middle of side B. Like there's yeah. just something about the way that, that song builds. Then it starts in this like way where it's like they're creating the very earth underneath you, but it's in the middle of the album. It's awesome. Rock of ages is a perfect seventh track. Yeah. Uh, my number two is actually personal property. Okay. Because I think it's one I actually think it's one of the best songs on Adrenalize. And they put it they stacked it back on uh, uh, uh on in the, track in the back side, yeah. In and in, in on the B side. And I think that's just a it's just a bold move. It really keeps it really keeps the album moving. Like I think if you took this song out of the after stand up section of the album and put uh-huh. it before stand up, the the end of the album would feel kinda like a downer. Plus, I just love it. I just absolutely fucking love this song. It's a real, yeah. it's a real banger. Yep. Uh, my number three is Gods of War, which is not one of my, f- it, which might be actually my least favorite Hysteria song, but because of the fact that it's on Hysteria, which is the greatest work of art by any uh, human being that's ever lived, uh-huh. it gets the third spot just by nature of being on that album. Yep. My four is Wasted, which mm-hmm. is a real uh, strong song from Def Leppard's early catalog, but it's such an outlier. Yeah. It's like, uh, it feels like, it almost, it's one of those early Def Leppard songs that feels like a different band. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But I still, I still love it, but it's... Uh-huh. It, it's an early sort of outlier for me. And then my five is Lady Strange, which is a, a good song, but I don't think it... Uh, Not I don't super think memorable. It, it, yeah, and it doesn't, it doesn't like... It doesn't make you pumped that you're towards the end of the album or anything like that. It doesn't, its placement isn't spectacular or anything. Um, yeah, so, I mean, so anyway. I think it. I, I mean, I think our. I think our rankings were very similar, except for the one specific. Uh, except for how much we like this song, yeah. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm not super comfortable with the way this guy's talking about his boat. It makes me a little bit. <laughs> right. I like to think I'm a pretty enlightened guy, but uh, yeah. yeah, this is a little weird. Um, well, you know, but yeah, you could you could say it was a different time. It was the '80s, but. It was not. It was the nineties. Yeah, it was the nineties. <laughs> uh, actually, there is an interview with Joe Elliott that I listened to right before we started, where he's talking about this sense of uh, of of being super committed and this monogamous uh, thing in this song is such a nineties thing, like that, like that was invented in the nineties or something. That's um, awesome. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so. The last segment we do here on this show is, uh, Stuart, I would like you, or or actually, you know what? 
I'll ask both of you guys as uh, yeah. as as mixologists and bar owners and uh, uh, and experts on uh, on alcoholic nighttime adult beverages. Mm-hmm. What would be your alcoholic cocktail or beverage pairing of personal property? Yeah, yeah. What would you drink while listening to this song? Um, I'd have to drink something, maybe like a margarita, because uh-huh. I would imagine being on a boat. That's a really good and choice. That's a good boat drink. And it could be like a top. It could be a top shelf, so it'd be like a personal uh, top topperty. Uh, sure. I would use Cuervo Gold. Whoa, because fancy. it's a golden yeah. boat. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really good a call, quer- Charlene. Wait, quer- it'd be a Cuervinol quer- top <laughs> top party. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, would I think the this, name of the cocktail. I think this song's got a little bit of a boogie to it. It's got a little bit of a. I've I, I said this before already on the podcast, but I think it's it's got a little bit of like a almost like a country feel. Sure, and uh, it's a little bouncy. So I think you're going to want something that you can. Uh, you know, it's not too fancy and not too like it's not putting on airs. So I think I think you're gonna want some kind of like a domestic like a, you're gonna want a domestic beer, of course, because this is Def Leppard. But you're also gonna want to get a little bit twisted. So I would say maybe like a shot of well whiskey to go along with that beer. Yeah. So yeah, like a shot, a shot, yeah, a shot. It makes sense. It makes sense to me. That works. It makes a lot of sense, Stuart. Yeah, I, get yeah. It. I thought I just, you know, I, I feel like it just fits with this specific song. Yeah, no, it's no, it makes a lot of sense. Kinda it's like unique. a s- specific thing to this song. That yeah. It, yeah, it's a part of the quality of it. Yeah. Um, all right. Well. Uh, <laughs> I think that's it for our uh, for our show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm uh, Stuart Wellington, the Leopard Tamer. You can find me at Flop House Cat on Twitter. You can find me at Hinterlands Bar in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, and you can also hear me talking about movies sometimes on the Flop House podcast. And I'm Charlene. Definitely, that's a nickname, Wellington. Yep, killing it. You remembered it word um, for word. You can find mm-hmm. me at Hinterlands Bar on mm-hmm. Church Avenue in Brooklyn. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, my name is Alex Smith. Uh, I am Dr. Def. I, uh, I go by a couple of different names, though. I make music under the name of Lydia Burrell. L-Y-D-I-A-B-U-R-R-E-L-L. You can find uh, that stuff on iTunes, Amazon, uh, Spotify, anywhere you stream your music, YouTube. I also have a comedy music thing that I described earlier uh, that is called Howl Dotty, and there are a lot of videos and stuff. I just put out a new video for Halloween called The Corn Man. Hysteria uh, Ween. For his specifically for Hysteria Ween, the a, a new song called "The Corn Man" that you should check out. The video I'm very proud of. It's a it's very great. So uh, look up Howl Dotty, the Corn Man, um, and uh, and I think that's it for me, right? Yep. I'm not on the Flop House. Nope. I don't work at Hinterlands Bar. Nope. Okay. Yeah, that's it for me. 
Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, we killed it. Night sweats, bad dreams, upset slumber. Something to say. I'm getting the word out about nightmare dreams. Freddy's here for slumber fun. Nightmare time, it has begun. We're hanging out and having fun while Freddy kills us one by one in the dark while you sleep and a dream fills your mind in the nighttime dreaming in your house on Elm Street smell that sulfur air it's intoxicating you see the sparks from the machine that means Freddy's waiting when Freddy's nearby it's hot it's heck he's gonna try to slash open our faces and necks we need something gross and spooky and mean the perfect kind of scary dream you mean kinda nah sorta mostly tame but unsettling there's only one thing to dream late at night and that's a nightmare dream that Freddy designed Nightmare dreams, Freddy's coming to you in your nightmare dreams. Nightmare dreams, Freddy's coming to you in your nightmare dreams. Covered in scars, his attitude is reckless. Belly's sticking out with all the souls he's collected. Sweater is striped and covered in holes. He drags a metal claw wherever he goes, and he doesn't just stay in a human shape. Sometimes he's a motorbike, sometimes he's a snake He can turn into a TV or stretch out his limbs Customizes to the tastes and fears of his victims I got fear in me, taking on my toes curl Jump scares got me screaming like a schoolgirl I got Freddy calling me from the dream world Saying Don't drink coffee Freddy only hangs out when you're not awake January through June through 4th of July I sleep constantly and get killed and die July 5th till December 10th I'm taking to my eyelids so my life will end Nightmare dreams, 